everyone, welcome to this edition of the Sunshine Boys podcast. I'm Jim Williams, your host. Joining us, as always, the Sunshine Boys themselves. That would be Joe Henderson, and joining us from out in Phoenix, Arizona, where he has just finished covering the NFL owners' meetings. That would be Ira Kaufman. And joining us from New England, we have Tim Williams in uh, Quincy, Massachusetts, and in the Boston area. We have, of course, Mike Shalen, who is columnist with the New Hampshire Union Leader and Sports Exchange. And welcome, Mike, and glad to have you aboard. Good to be here. Good to be here. And let me let me tell you, I I saw Jack Klugman and Tony Randall in the uh, in the Sunshine Boys, and these guys ain't no Sunshine Boys. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty good that's a pretty good duo to see in the Sunshine Boys. As it was. That's an unfair comparison. Unfair comparison here. I got to protest. <laughs> well, technically, you, technically, you guys are alive, so I guess there is there is a difference. Well, that helps. Yeah. yeah. It's ninety nine percent of being there. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we've got Ira Kaufman in Phoenix. Let's do a quick jump over there to the Valley of the Sun and talk to Ira about what he learned uh, at the owners' meetings this week. Well, I had a chance to, you know, uh, from a buck perspective, you, you get the GM. Uh, the owner only talks once a year, guys. That's for 10 minutes at the at the owners' meetings. By the way, they absolutely love this place, the Arizona Biltmore. Well, what's not to love? Lush grounds. $600 a night, which keeps the media away from this hotel. You know, we're all scattered about in Fairfield Suites, and they're staying uh, at this plush resort. Um, one thing I noticed is less and less media out here. Uh, Mike, uh, ESPN's presence, much, much limited uh, than in previous years. But what was, you know, the big topic, uh, the rule changes, nothing, nothing substantial there. Uh, of course, relocation was the big topic. And uh, I'll wrap it up very quickly. Um, follow the money. There's, there's nothing to break down here about this. Uh, these relocations. These owners are padding uh, their wallets, which is already, uh, you know, overstuffed. And uh, that's what it's about. You know, they stand to make $50 million apiece uh, uh, with this Oakland move to Vegas. Uh, these concerns about gambling are bogus, uh, always have been. And, um, you know, three teams have moved in the last two years for uh, the, the model of stability, the National Football League. The highlight of my trip, guys, was uh, leaving after the AFC coaches' breakfast uh, to go over to Mesa and see uh, an old pal named Joe Madden with his Cubs. Um, a lot of lot of media there. Obviously, the Cubs are center of attention, uh, Major League Baseball. Uh, Madden gave me a nice greeting. The Bucks general manager is going out there today with his family. He's gotten a, a developed a nice relationship with Madden, and you know, by the way, uh, Henderson uh, Madden uh, gives you his fond regards, fond regards, and he uh, said Joe who, and I, and I remind yeah, him, I reminded him, yeah, uh, I remember that. But, you know, he hasn't <laughs> he hasn't changed. Mike Shalen uh, has dealt with them uh, before, um, and we we were I think blessed to have him in the in the Bay Area for all those years, and um, uh, it's good that success hasn't gone to his head and. Let's face it, the Cubs open up uh, against uh, the Cardinals, I believe, Sunday night in St. Louis. And all the attention of the baseball world, I think, is uh, firmly on the Chicago Cubs, as it should be. Joe, uh, any thoughts about uh, what's going on with uh, either the rule changes or anything you heard from Ira? Or do you want to just jump into baseball? <laughs> well, um the the Raiders move. Ira Ira's correct. That's that's dominating everything. And um, but I would I would submit to uh, to you and to our august panel here that these types of deals we may be seeing the last of them. Um, particularly here in Florida, there is a move uh, a real anti-stadium mood, and the, it's interesting that. Uh, and when it comes to government, I'm talking about public financing of these things. Uh, and it was interesting that the one no vote uh, against allowing the Raiders to move came from Stephen Ross, owner of the Miami Dolphins, who put $350 million of his own dollars into renovating Sun Life Stadium and said he didn't think that uh, rich sports owners and and particularly in the NFL, should be going to the public and asking for money to build stadiums. And uh, he's got a great point. Uh, and so 
that that to me, the Raiders may have gotten the last great deal to be had. Uh, I really believe that's the case. Hey, Jim, I got a question for uh, our esteemed uh, guest, Mr. Shalen. Uh, Mike, sure. you're a thousand miles. Mike, a thousand miles away from your vantage point uh, from the Tropicana Field in St. Petersburg, but. Mm-hmm. Mike, you know all about uh, the situation with attendance in in Tampa Bay. Even when they were good, they didn't turn out unless the Red Sox or Yankees were in town. Uh, Mike, do you, do you think baseball's uh, kind of bent over backwards to uh, to accommodate uh, the Tampa Bay Rays? And uh, what's the future for that franchise? Well, I honestly think that one of the reasons that baseball's bent over backwards is that they got no place to send them. Um, I think that... You know, uh, Montreal, everybody talks Montreal and all that, but as far as I know, there's still that old, decrepit ballpark in, in Montreal, and they'd have to, they would have to build a new stadium, which I guess they have plans for and all that stuff. But um, what's going on with Tampa Bay, I don't understand why they still have a team. I really don't. Um, uh, you know, I, I've been there many times. And it's, a, it's a cavernous place um, with, with echoes, but by the same token, I was also in in Minnesota a lot at the Metrodome when there was nobody at, at their games either. And once they started winning, and then they built a new ballpark, all of a sudden it became a trendy thing to do. I'm not so sure that I agree with the public not helping helping out in these situations. You know, we went through a situation in New York just recently out on Long Island where the the average taxpayer would have paid an additional thirty eight dollars a year. For in their taxes for a new um, uh, building to be built where the Nassau Coliseum is. And, okay, that sounds like you're asking taxpayers for money, but it, it, it's $38, and when you realize the economic value of a stadium to an area, the jobs, the, con- the construction jobs, the, the service jobs, the restaurants that prosper because of, uh, because of there being an arena or a stadium. And you look at Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland... Cleveland was a completely dead town. Uh, the waterfront area in Baltimore was completely uh, rejuvenated by by Camden Yards and the new football stadium. I just I just think that sometimes you have to do something different to get it done. Now, the flip side of that is Gary Bettman, the NHL, threatening the people of Arizona, saying you build a, an arena for us or or we're go- or we're out of there. So I think each each case is different, but I would love to see something get done in Tampa Bay. I, I I don't believe it's not a it's not a baseball market. I just think it's it's just not a great place to go watch a game. You know, well, Ira. You know. Uh, Ira, the one thing, um, and sorry, Tim, I'm sorry I cut you off. The one thing that um, that is not always taken into consideration, and up your way at Smith College, Andy Zimbalist, who um, is the preeminent sports economist um, basically says that you need to be within one hour of a minimum of 50% of your potential audience. If you take a look at the TROP, they are in the 17th percentile of their potential audience. You will never, I don't care if you have the Chicago Cubs and Joe Madden playing at the TROP, you're not going to have a successful franchise when you're only 17% of your audience can get to you in an hour. Yeah, that's that's the thing I was going to say, that people outside of Florida don't really know how far away the TROP is from the population centers of the Tampa Bay area. It takes a long time to get there for people in Tampa, which is more populated than St. Pete. And for a weekday game, it is essentially impossible for someone who lives in the Orlando area to go out to St. Pete. Now, that's not part of the same market, but those two markets, the Tampa Bay area and Orlando, have sports-wise always utilized fans from each of the areas that the Bucks have always drawn a few fans from Orlando. The Lightning currently do as well. And the Magic rely on some fans coming over from the area around Tampa. The Rays don't get that benefit because of where they are in St. Pete. And I think people outside of Florida just don't get that. And that's why you hear a lot of people mention Montreal, because they re- they think that Tampa Bay as a market is the reason the stadium's not filled and not 
the fact that they're not really in the part of their market they need to be where we don't know if Tampa Bay can fill a baseball stadium every day because I don't think they've really had a fair chance to do so. You know, I would I, let me jump in here for a second. I'd like to point something out um, that I think is germane to the argument. Um, I agree that wholeheartedly that Tropicana Field is in a horrible location. You're five, you know, five minutes to the west of Tropicana. You're selling tickets to Grouper. Let's just be <laughs> let's just be honest here. So, um, and the and the major population growth is all to the east, which where I live, it was 37 miles doorstep to doorstep to Tropicana Field, and that was through some horrific traffic, and I won't even go into that. But the Tampa Bay Lightning with hockey in Tampa have sold out now. I don't know, like 50 straight games or something like that uh, in downtown Tampa. They pack Amelie Arena night after night after night to watch this team. And yes, people are excited about hockey. It's a great game to watch. Uh, it's, it's a terrific franchise. But hockey's not baseball. And baseball is in Tampa's DNA. And a downtown or at least centrally located modern stadium that doesn't isn't covered by catwalks and all the other crap that goes on over at Tropicana Field will give this franchise what it needs to succeed. The problem is who's going to pay for it? Because now we're talking five, six hundred million dollars. The mood in the state of Florida is we'd you know we'd love to have you guys, but you're on your own. Build it, and and that's going to be the big showdown going forward. Lastly, I'll leave you with this quick thought. There is a, a school of thought in St. Petersburg right now that is really gaining traction for reasons passing understanding that a new stadium should be built basically next door to Tropicana Field. Are you kidding me? Are you, are, have, have these people lost their collective senses? It's, it, it would just be throwing good money after bad. I would almost rather see the Rays leave the area and have a chance to go somewhere else and be successful than to see that kind of garbage. You know, it's, it's funny. Uh, I talk about uh, the traffic getting, you know, getting uh, to the trop. You know, uh, nobody understands traffic better than the people in Boston and New York. And, and Fenway, <laughs> Fenway, you know, Fenway is a nightmare to get to. But here's the thing: number one, it's Fenway, and number two, it's the Red Sox. And and until the Rays, it's a double-edged sword because until the Rays. Um, uh, become, uh, you know, a fixture, a, a constant winner, or, or just, just something to give them a, a foothold, then it's tougher to get the stadium built, and, you, and you, you know, you can't, it's it's very difficult. I guess Cat 22 is the best way to put it. And which one comes first? Somebody is going to have to step forward with the money, or I do believe that they will eventually lose the team. And, and that's um, that's unfortunate. And just yeah. to put it in non-Floridian terms really quick, you mentioned the Fenway Park and the Red Sox and that notorious Boston traffic, which I deal with every day myself. If you put the Red Sox in Salem, that would be a little more like what people have to deal with in, in Tampa, having to get to that stadium in St. Pete, because it's not you have to go way out of everyone's way to get to those games. And that alone is going to drive a lot of fans away, but you're right in your central point that the bigger brand they build, the more they're going to get wherever they're located. And if they don't do that, there's a ceiling to how far they can go, even if they were in the best part of Tampa. Well, Salem, Salem would be cute considering that there's no highway that goes to Salem. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I brought it up. It was the most nightmarish place yeah. I could think of. Not even, drive not even a causeway. <laughs> the, um, the one thing, guys, in, uh, with regard, and we'll wrap up the stadium talk here for a second, but uh, the one thing that also uh, it needs to be looked at, Joe, from your point, and you've got a very good point about you know people spending money. It's It's tough to do. Uh, in Washington, the way they did it, Tony Williams, uh, the, who was the mayor at the time, uh, got the uh, got the business community to accept a tax increase on the businesses. So that was one. Two, 
there was the rental that would be paid by the team. That That's the second part of it. The third part of it was a tax, a user tax put on the tickets. That would be the fans, all right? So technically, there wasn't any pub, you know, public money in it except for the businesses. And of course, they you know, tacked on, I'm sure, a little bit of something for the people involved. But that got the stadium, National Park, built in Washington. And I think it was a very creative way of doing things. And I think at the end of the day, it's going to take creativity. It's going to take, um, you know, working on it to get it done. And I think that um, as long as, as people can be creative and figure it out, I do believe there's no question. If you look, uh, you know, uh, at what Mike was saying earlier about, uh, you know, Camden Yards and other places, it's really the central centrally located city sites that have done better than the regional sites. Well, that's the reason. That's the reason why the Cavaliers moved downtown. The, the right. Detroit Pistons are in the process of moving downtown. Mm-hmm. Not only is it easier to reach by public transportation, but it also revitalizes the dead area. Right. Uh, well, now San we need here too, public Mike, Mike with eight. <laughs> yep. Ira, go, Ira, what was uh, it? I, Mike, uh, AT and T is another example. Look at all yeah. the look at all the bars and restaurants. Uh, you know, uh, arguably the the. the you know, the most compelling uh, baseball stadium uh, in the major leagues uh, used to be at Candlestick Park, Mike, and, and now they're in a fantastic location. And look what sprouted up uh, all around AT&T. Oh, it's, it's amazing. You know, and going back to the Islanders again, you know, they they messed around and messed around, and then all of a sudden uh, Nassau County lost the hockey team. It's only it's only professional sports teams. So, um, you know, you got to be careful. You got to be careful. You you know, you know that you don't get what you wish for in these situations. But I just, I just don't get the feeling of any urgency in the Tampa Bay area, and that's what bothers me more than anything else. What about? I think uh, that was a big. Go Jim, ahead, I think that was a big reason. I think that was a big reason, not the only reason, but a big reason why uh, Madden uh, skipped town. Uh, of course, he made more money with the Cubs. We know that mm-hmm. the Rays weren't going to match it. Um, and, and and the Rays seem to be at the end of their cycle, and the Cubs had a lot mm-hmm. of good young talent uh, stockpiled in the minors. Right. Uh, but also, Mike, I think he became convinced that there was nothing going on on the stadium issue, and I think yeah. that was a factor in, in Madden's yeah. decision. And, and seeing him yesterday, um, he says, you know, Tampa's his adopted home, Mike. That that's where he goes when when the season ends. He didn't have much of an off season. He told me he's got a restaurant. Uh, Joe knows about it in South Tampa, very trendy. He, he, he got there like three times in, 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 th- in three or four months span. Uh, he had too many commitments. He had to go back to Chicago for 12 days at one stint. He did real sports with Brian Gumble. You know, you guys know the uh, demands that are made uh, mm-hmm. when you do something like the Cubs. I got a question for uh, Mr. Shalen, Jim. Um, mm-hmm. Mike, the Cubs the last two seasons, especially last year, uh, ha- have been the dominant story uh, and sparking, uh, you know, maybe a rebirth in uh, in, in the interest in, in Major League Baseball, uh, Mike. If the uh, Cubs aren't going anywhere, but uh, Mike, if they're not involved, um, is, is you know, is there a letdown? Could there be a letdown in Major League Baseball in 2017 now that the uh, the, the Cubs story has been told? I don't think so. I think that um, if you look at baseball. Uh, the season that starts this Sunday, there's a tremendous amount of young stars. And I think the NBA can claim the same thing. There's a, there's, a, there's so many young players um, who are catching the, the fancy of the young fan. Now, I know that baseball does some really silly things to shoot itself in the foot. I mean, starting starting the World Baseball Classic games at 10 o'clock and then, and then 9 o'clock for the semifinal and the final, which is just totally absurd. I came home from covering a game one night, and and um, the the semifinal game, I guess it was, ended at one twenty in the morning. Now, I understand you don't want the you know you want the people of California to be allowed to go to a game at six o'clock, but my goodness, it just you know you got to think you got to think of of marketing. But that all that said, baseball has done so much to kill itself over the years, and it's still here, and. Yes, the, the the Cubs were a great story, just as the as the Red Sox became a great story when they won in '04 and then won again twice more. Uh, but there's always a story. There's always there's always you know like 
like Bill Murray said in Caddyshack, there's always a Cinderella story. Right. <laughs> Something will come along to, um, you know, first of all, the, you know, like I, I wrote in, I wrote in my column, I think, um, I think it was right after the World Series, I wrote, it's been five days since the Cubs have won the World Series, you know, so we got you got to start a new streak or whatever. And you know, <laughs> what, what was what was the curse that did it this time? Was it David Ross leaving or whatever? But um, there's always a story. There's always a story in baseball. And as as a survivor of somebody who spent hours upon hours in hotel lobbies around this country covering their uh, their rate their um, their uh, labor strife, um, you know, it just always manages to survive. Whether it's a whether it's a bogus home run. Chase by you know by McGuire and and uh, Sosa, or it's uh, Cal Ripken streak, or it's uh, uh, Clayton Kershaw shutout you know consecutive shutout. And last year, you know one thing that kind of got overshadowed a little bit, and I think this will actually hurt the game, is is Vin Scully's last year, and I think that 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 that's a great thing that we we no longer have. That's a that was a reason to turn on the MLB package at at midnight. And now you just, you know, I love Charlie Steiner. He's an old friend of mine but from both of us in New York. But, um, you know, something always comes along. And I think that that's what baseball can count on. I'll tell you I what, I don't, I was going to say, I don't think you can ordain the Cubs because I think the Cardinals will give them grief this year. I don't think they're going to walk anywhere. I think that uh, St. Louis has always been consistent. And I do believe. That um, you know, there might be a little hangover, uh, but I think the Cardinals are going to give the Cubs a, some grief in in that division. Well, the three-team uh, division. You know, it, 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 the Cardinals lost Reyes. They've had so many bad things happen to them in the last few years. They always seem to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, I still like I still like their team. Um, you know, but again, a lot of it is on Wainwright's very. I don't want to say fragile right shoulder, but it mm-hmm. just seems like he's always dealing with something. Um, but the, the Cubs are the best. The, 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 the challenge for the for the Cubbies, I think, is is the Mets as far as long term is concerned. But again, that's contingent on the Mets pitching being healthy. If the Mets pitching isn't healthy, they're not going anywhere. So the Cubs are the class of the league. There's no question about that in my mind. Mm-hmm. But um, you look at the two the two West Coast teams in the in the National League too. The, the Dodgers and the Giants, and everybody's jumping on the Dodgers bandwagon, and, uh, perhaps with good reason, because they did what they did last year without Kershaw, basically, for two months. But um, the Cubbies, man, they have, they have so much talent. They really do. And uh, You know, you know, I, you know uh, Mike, you talk about uh, Kershaw. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure you can really count on him, because he, you know, he had the, the herniated disc last year that cost him what a couple of months at least yeah. and you know for a pitcher that uh, you know you can say always oh, healthy all you want but that's always going to be in the back of your mind that that could go out at at any time and if if he goes down again dodgers are in trouble and um i'm going to take a little exception to my friend jim williams there on the cardinals because okay. for the same reason i do not like their pitching and that sounds astonishing to say that with a rotation that has the names that they do. But that thing is held together with, uh, you know, masking tape and bailing wire. You know, they are – that is a, a rotation that is a Tommy John waiting to happen. So, I, you know, I'm not in on the Cardinals at all. I, do, I just don't – I don't like the look of their team at this point. Um, Cubs – you get back into the whole uh, can they repeat thing, and I don't care. Joe Madden is, for my money, the best manager in baseball and has been for a while. But you know, this is a challenge that no manager in modern time has ever faced. How do you repeat with the Chicago Cubs? And you know, everybody knew they were going to be good last year, and the Cubs especially. Remember his 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 t-shirt slogan like last year, don't suck. And Mm -hmm. so they go out, they, they do what they have to do. Great comeback to win the world series. I don't care, man. You're going to have a letdown after that. You can say all you want. Well, we, we put that in the rear view mirror. 
No, you haven't, because <laughs> you're going to sit there every day and be reminded of what you did in 2016. And Ira, you were here in Tampa the year after the Rays went to the World Series in 2008. And what happened? Everybody said, oh, the Absolutely. Rays are the great young up-and-coming team uh, under 500. So, um, you well, know, the last, let's, you know, the last team to repeat? You know, I mean, we're talking, you know, we're going on what, 17 years now without right. a repeat champion. The Yankees so, probably. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. going to guess it's one of the Yankee mm-hmm. teams. 99 and 2000. Hey, Jim. Yes, Jim. We got uh, we got our two we got our two New England guests up there, uh, uh, Jim, and uh, the Red Sox get a lot of attention. Hey, they're the Red Sox, right. and they've had a lot of success, you know, in the last uh, ten or twelve years. Uh, but I'm sure uh, Tim and 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 Mr. Shalen will agree with me. Uh, and Mike started off saying all the all the good young talent in the major leagues that uh, that is attracting new fans. Uh, that makes me think of the Cleveland Indians, Mike. Nobody, nobody wants to talk about the Cleveland Indians. Um, they came darn close to winning it all. Uh, they had some injured players. They, they're going to be even stronger, I think, uh, this first summer. Of all, first and, of all, uh, uh, first yep. of all, Ira, everybody's talking about the Cleveland Indians. <laughs> I don't, uh, I, I, you know, everybody when they, when anybody talks about the American League, they they've got the Red Sox and Indians as the top two teams in the league. And and I I think that the Indians are getting the proper respect. They they did go to the World Series without the two starting pitchers and without Brantley, who was at the time I think their best hitter. But you know, you talk about young stars there. You got you got Lindor there certainly, but Brantley has to come back. He played 11 games last year, you know, and I yes. think they made a tremendous pickup in Encarnacion. But you know, um, Mike Napoli, well, he, I think he had 33 homers and drove in 100 runs last year. So Encarnacion is not going to do that much better than that, even if he goes for 40 and 120. Um, But I I think that everybody's talking about the Indians, and and with good reason. You know, and there's another team that's led by a a great manager. And I've always quibbled with the – and I know this is heresy in the Tampa area, but I've always quibbled with I've always quibbled with Joe's handling of game situations, and I think he proved that in the World Series again last year. So, uh, but he's a great manager. he yeah. proved it by winning the World Series well, he last did. year. Yeah, he did. He won the World Series. There's no question about that. But the thing is that that um, uh, you know, if John McNamara would have, you know, if Bill Buckner catches that ground ball, the Red Sox might have won the World Series too. But that was still the wrong move. But the thing is that I think that Joe's a great manager, but not a great tactician. And I think right. there's a difference. Now, I'd rather have I'd rather have what he is. Then the flip side. So I, I love Joe Madden as a manager, but I, in, Cleveland, in Cleveland you've got Francona, and he just um, he has really matured into a great manager. And um, uh, I, that's why I, I quibble, quibble with the Ari because I think everybody's talking about the Indians. Maybe too much. I would actually go a step further and say that I I'm not entirely sure. Hey, Joe Madden's a great manager. I think if he is the best manager in baseball, and he very well should be in that discussion, he should be leading that discussion, especially as the defending champion. I think this last World Series was a display of the two best managers in baseball because I have seen Terry Francona do things over the last 16 years that I did not believe a manager could get a team to do. I think he's a fantastic manager. I think that Indians team is going to be wildly entertaining. They were last year. They're going to be this year. You add Encarnacion to that mix, he will he will come very close to or maybe even improve upon those 33 home runs Napoli hit. He might not be as much fun as the party at Napoli's thing, but he does carry that parrot on his arm when he hits the home runs, all that all that fun. And that's the kind of thing that Francona teams, he has no problem letting people wear that on his sleeve. And that's, that's going to be a lot of fun. I think the AL has two of the most entertaining teams in baseball, because I think right in our area up here in Boston, you've got a fantastically entertaining young team, the Red Sox led by guys like Mookie Betts and Xander Bogarts. And now they have Chris Sale at the top of the rotation that's going to be a really interesting team as well. I think it's going to be a fantastic season. And I don't think there's anyone in baseball 
who can pencil themselves into the playoffs across any division. I, I think the Cubs are the closest you can get, but while a couple of people have said the Cardinals, I'm kind of skeptical on them too. I think if there's a sleeper in the NL Central, it's the Pittsburgh Pirates if that young pitching can come around fast. But I think to your earlier point about baseball having a bunch of young stars, this could be a year where they really come out, where, you know, they had all those young stars last year and Bryce Harper didn't even do very well. That's, that's a big personality that baseball would love to see come back and Andrew McCutcheon as well. Hey, Ira. Harper's had a big, Harper's had a big spring, gentlemen. I think he's back. Yeah. Well, McCutcheon was part of Team USA winning that World Baseball Classic at terrible hours in the morning, but it was a fun to watch thing. Was I was I uh, was I out of bounds by saying that uh, watching the American celebration uh, after they beat up on the Mets' seventh starter? <laughs> was that was that rude? <laughs> I don't think it's rude. I mean, it's accurate. But I got look. We've gone thirty five minutes, and Kaufman hasn't done a damn thing to support Bruce Bochy, who I think is as good as manager as oh, Francona and and Joe Madden by far. I agree. You know, I, uh, I no you know, I, I I think I think Michael agree with me that uh, Bochy's more like Madden in that you know over the hundred and sixty two games. The, the guy is a sea of calm. Uh, now, sometimes he drives me crazy as an old Giants fan because, you know, after Santiago Casilla, Mike, blew his, uh, you know, 38th save last year, I'm um, reading Bochy's quotes, we're, we're going to be fine. You know, I'm, I'm not worried about our, our closer situation. And then, you know, what happens game four against uh, the Cubs. So, um, yeah, they, uh, shouldn't Bochy, have, they shouldn't have even beaten the yeah. Mets. Cut it out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> without Bumgarner, you're right, Mike. I mean, Bumgarner stands alone in, in these pressure games. Uh, but uh, uh, Bochi uh, is outstanding, Jim. There's no question about it. Uh, the Giants are not the most talented roster. I mean, they got Posey. They got Bumgarner. Uh, but they also have just a lot of uh, gamers, you know, the Joe Panics and the Hunter Pences. Um, and uh, Bochi, uh, Bochi has to be in that discussion. There's no question about it. And, about, while, uh, and while, while we've been on this call, uh, yeah. Hunter Pence pulled an intercostal muscle reaching for a sandwich in the clubhouse. So, I mean, that's oh, come another. On, come, on. <laughs> come on, Mike. That poor guy. That poor guy's always hurt. <laughs> you know, until two years ago, the guy had never got. The guy played 162 games, like five years in a row. Now, now he know. can't stay healthy. Oh, boy. But, you know, I, I personally, you know, I'm, I think. I'm I'm looking forward to the Eastern Division of the National League because I really think that the the Mets and the uh, and the Nationals and the Marlins are going to have a fun race. I think that that's, that's going to be a fun thing. And being based in Washington and being around the Nationals team, I think that uh, it's going to be a better team than it was last year. And uh, they don't have a closer though. It, the, Coda Glover will be fine, and they'll buy a closer. So. We'll see, but, but I mean, the look. Thing is, they they have the same they kind of show, they, they didn't show a desire to buy a closer over the winter. They put, they, they could nobody would yeah. nobody would take their money. <laughs> they they put money out there. It was just well, wasn't... maybe that's because they knew what was going to go on in Washington. <laughs> well, you know, uh, but let's put it this way: the president decided he wasn't going to throw out the first pitch. Right. So but there will be a million people at the opener. There. You know, there'll be a lot of people. There's no question about it. Uh, but it's you know, going to be. I'm, 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 Joe, I'm, back. I'm glad Welcome back. No, Welcome back. yeah, I vanished there for a second. But yes. uh, you're talking about the president not throwing out the first ball. Right. It's probably just as well because I think the Reds would probably try to sign him for their closer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the reason I tell you Mike, another what? another thing too about uh, it. Speaking of invitations, Ira. How about the news out of the owners' meetings that Mr. Goodell is coming to the opener here in Foxborough next year? Oh boy! Oh boy! You know <laughs> they better they they better screen the patrons uh, coming into that uh, coming into that uh, uh, building because uh, you know the emotions are very high. And by the yeah. way, Belichick didn't show up for the uh, the coaches' meeting. Um, you know he does whatever he wants. He's going to get fined, and Kraft will pay for the fine. You know. But there was I did see a picture of him and Goodell together. Uh, yes, yes, he was here for a day or two, but he didn't show up for the uh, for the meetings. Um, now, look, no nobody follows the New York baseball teams like Mr. Shalen, even though he's sitting in Boston 
he knows everything that's going on with the Mets and the Yankees uh, because he was so close to those teams. Uh, Mike, I guess the Yankees have had a, a big spring. That means nothing, of course. Um, what's going on with the Mets, Mike, with those pitchers? Uh, are they ever going to have that kind of season that uh, that people are envisioning for for those starting guys? Well, Mets Mets has uh, been hanging out with Hunter Pence's voodoo doll, so I don't know what uh, <laughs> you know. Every time somebody sticks a needle in his uh, in his elbow, so he's down again. But if you know, obviously Syndergaard is already there. Um, yes. You know, Harvey looked. Harvey was hitting 97 on the gun the other day. Degrom Wheeler's back from missing two years, so they're going to watch his. Uh, Watch his right. innings and and Gazelman and and uh, and that uh, seven starter in the world, in the WBC game, Mr. Lugo, uh, did quality <laughs> work for them. They just found out today that Familia will be suspended for 15 games, not not the first 40 or whatever it was supposed to be. Well, will they miss a Cologne, Mike? His steadiness? Um, will they miss him? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that. Uh, as far as uh, yeah, but there was. There was really no way to, to to keep him. You know, there was no. What was he going to do? They they need to they need to find out if these young pitchers are as good as we think they are. And and I right. think that uh, I think they are. And that the one thing that goes um, one of the undersold things going into the season is the Mets score a lot of runs. And and uh, you know as it is, they don't have a place for Conforto to play. And if if Jay Bruce looks more like the guy who played the last fifteen twenty games last year than the guy who was panic-stricken to be in New York before that, uh, they've got a lot of offense. You know, the double-play combination is very productive, and, and uh, you know, Duda is back and healthy. He hit 28 homers two years ago, and Cespedes, will, you know, we'll see how he reacts to having the money, but he's been he's been aces as far as um, as far as spring training is concerned, and uh, they've got a lot of talent. Like, Granitson's in center field, and if you want to go buy all your wheezies or woozies or whatever they call that, that uh, analytical stuff, He's not a great center fielder, but I think that that's going to affect about five or six balls a year. I think he's a good right. tracker of fly balls. I think there, there will be the odd hit that gets over his head, but he's a major leaguer and he's going to hit 30 home runs. So they'll score, and and it's just a matter. And I think their bullpen is deep, but um, we just have to find out if those guys, you know, when, for those of us who live through Seaver, Kuzman, you know, Gary Gentry, and that and that group, the Mets had another group to come along. Right at, uh, soon after, not soon, but after that, if you remember, it was Isringhausen, Pulsifer, and Wilson. And Generation those guys, K. Those guys were in the, they were in the Hall of Fame before they ever stepped on the field. All three of them collapsed at the same time. Zito, Mulder, and Hudson all hit for the Oakland A's. So it's really, you know, when you're dealing with pitchers, especially in this, in this era of the Tommy John surgery, as somebody who covered Tommy John, uh, the um, uh, it, it's it's a crapshoot. You don't know until the Mets go out there and these guys do what they're if they do what they're capable of doing, they're gonna they're gonna win the East, especially if Washington doesn't get themselves a closer. But if they don't, then they're gonna be in trouble. And I can I can see that Marlins team making some noise. But again, I'm not uh, without Fernandez. I'm not crazy about their pitching. But uh, the the Mets should win. And I, I, you know, whether or not that means 90 games, 95 games, 88 games, whatever it is, they should win. But those guys have to stay healthy. Well, as a Nationals fan, I'm hoping that uh, they don't. But you know, the point is, you're right. I mean, they've got a they've got a great pitching staff, and um, we'll that's see. Not very, that's know. not very nice to say. You don't want guys to stay healthy. I didn't say that. <laughs> I, yes, you did. Well, hey Jim, I, I haven't heard Henderson weigh in on his uh, Cincinnati Reds, uh, uh, Jim. I, I, uh, cricket, hey, they got cricket from Jeanette, Jeanette yesterday. Don't don't dump on the Reds. They picked up a second baseman. Yeah, took the, them eight years the Reds to get are, out of town. I think the Reds are in uh, year three of a fourteen-year rebuilding plan right now. So. <laughs> that, that's how long Votto's contract is, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I'll check check back with me in twenty twenty-six. I'll let uh, you know how it's going. <laughs> By the way, I was checking on eBay, and Turner Field is for sale. So um, you know, maybe they can put it on a truck and bring it down to to, say, to downtown talk, Tampa. Talk about the um, a team playing in the middle of nowhere. I mean, that's uh, the Braves have moved to like uh, Mississippi, haven't they? It's it's like far from Atlanta. Yeah, and, that, and you're talking the crowded highways at rush hour and stuff. But uh, I guess the ballpark's really nice. So. 
It's, yeah, it's, it's a bold experiment. Yeah. Oh, Mike, any, uh, Mike, any of the downtrodden teams, the, the Phillies, the Braves, Padres, uh, Colorado to a certain extent? Very interested to see what um, – well, I thought Colorado – I was excited about Colorado until Desmond got hurt. Um, but uh, of all the, the downtrodden teams, so, so to speak, I, I liked what the Braves did at the end of last season. I think Cologne and Dickey are perfect for what they need, uh, one-year contracts that they can trade at July 15th to pick up even more young players, uh, especially if they pitch well. And I think Dickey pitching in the National League will be uh, a boon to his fading career. But uh, I like what the Braves did. I, I, what were they, 30-20, and 20, I think, the last 50 games last year? Yeah, they uh, played well. Yeah, the Phillies, um, you know, Buckholz has been terrible in spring training. They brought him in for some, you know, if you're going to bring Clay Buckholz in to stabilize things, then you you got problems. But he um, <laughs> he's also, he's already been quoted as saying that the, it was tough. It was pressure, a lot of pressure pitching in Boston <laughs> with the fans. And he, I guess he doesn't know what Philadelphia is famous for. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel for Clay Buckholz to a degree because he went from one place where you can have five good starts and one bad one, and they'll spend a year talking about the bad one, and went to a place where they'll spend ten years talking about the bad one in Philly. So he, he's um, he's inconsistent, and he's inconsistent in two places where. It's not good to be inconsistent, and people can be a little bit unfair when you are. So, so no, that is lot, rough. We, we heard a lot about uh, my alma mater, Wichita State, uh, the coach's wife, um, yelling and screaming and, and making a fool of herself at the tournament. And, and uh, uh, Clay Buckholz's wife falls into that category. So, uh, in fact, if, if you watch him pitch, you'll often see her in the center field camera, like four or five rows behind home plate. She's very, very active. She's one of uh, Howie Mandel's um, deal or no deal girls. And uh, oh boy, she gets involved. Let's, say, let's just say she gets involved when her husband is pitching. She's just really, uh, she's really into it. But that's not, that's certainly not going to affect how the Phillies go. I just, I think I like what they're doing as far as, um, you know, what they're trying to get done. Uh, the Padres, I think are going to lose a hundred games. I don't see how they can avoid that in that division. I think the uh, the Diamondbacks are going to have a, a bounce back because uh, uh, you know having Pollock the whole season, uh, having Pollock at all, and um, I got to think Granky's going to be better. So I think the, I think the uh, you know until Desmond got hurt, I thought the Rockies were going to be the ones to, to to mess with the Dodgers and Giants, but I think now it might be the uh, it might be the Diamondbacks, and I'm kind of rooting for their manager too. So I think uh, I think they're going to do pretty well. I think you Arizona's know, Jim, uh, Go ahead. Uh, just one quick thing. Mike mentioned the young, the young players. Cleveland's got them, of course. The Cubs. And by the way, I want to say up front, uh, maybe maybe I'm wrong here, and I'll, I know you boys will be quick to correct me. Chris Bryant is the best young player I've seen since Mike Trout. Um, I think the guy's fabulous. I love everything about him. Um, I don't think he has any holes in his swing. He, he's a better base runner than people give him credit for. I just want to get that out there. But Mike, the bigger point, you know, you mentioned Colorado. Uh, Nolan Arenado, if he was playing for the Yankees, mm-hmm. Mike, mm-hmm. W- would we ever stop hearing about Nolan Arenado? Now, I know he plays in Colorado, but I think he's one of those guys that I, I don't think uh, it matters. I-, I think the guy's absolutely uh, 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 an incredible talent. I think he he's one of the be- best young players to come along since Mike Trout. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I hate to I hate to sound like a homer, and anybody who knows me knows I'm not a homer, but. This Mookie Betts is pretty special, and uh, you know he does everything that Bryant does, except uh, you know with the addition of speed. Uh, great out, he turned himself into a great outfielder, which he's a converted infielder. Um, great kid, just just has the uh, has the greatest attitude you can imagine, and um, that's what I mean by young stars. You know, you look around, you got Machado in Baltimore. Uh, I'm excited. If if you're a Yankee fan, you have to be excited about the kids they have coming up, uh, Sanchez and company, and they're going to be they're actually going to be fun to watch. And one thing people forget about the Yankees when they when you want to sleep on them is if they have a lead late in the game, they've got Patances and Chapman. It's not like your your yeah. typical rebuilding team. So, um, Mike, the uh, the Dodgers shortstop, the Dodgers shortstop's tremendous. Singer, tremendous. Brother's not bad either. But uh, yeah. you know, there's 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 uh, you, you look around and it's it's fun. It's a lot of fun. I I think that um, 
you know, I, I don't know what they're doing with their with their rules sometimes, you know, and the, the games do take too long. But, you know, I don't I don't really see, you know, anybody like if I'm if I'm scoring if I'm the official scorer at a game and a game takes three hours and nineteen minutes or three hours and twenty eight minutes, a certain port a certain part of every baseball game, probably a major part, is boring. Because you're standing there watching nothing happen. Now, flip that over the NFL, whose games take longer, by the way, um, and and there's even more time with nothing happen. And then I was so happy to hear Ira that that the NFL referee no longer has to run 80 yards to go under the hood to look at the at the uh, <laughs> technology that it took them this long to realize that they didn't want we didn't have to watch Ed Hockley and his muscles. Run 80 yards <laughs> the other side of the field. I thought they would at least put one on each end of the field, but now they've gone something better. Now they've got a handheld. So good, good for the <laughs> NFL. Bully, bully, and and make sure you stop that celebration stuff in the end zone because that's bad stuff. We're at final call here, guys. So tell you what, um, let's begin with Mike Shalin in Boston, our special guest today. Mike, uh, give us. Uh, your final thoughts on uh, what you're looking for opening day and beyond and uh, your social media so we can follow you. Well, first of all, I, I want to say, get this out of the way. I'm on my way in a little bit to cover the Eastern Conference leading Boston Celtics in their game against the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> uh, the Bucks are on fire, by the way. They've won like 12 out of 15. So it should be an interesting game. But the Celtics are the first place team in the East for the first time since Shaq was here in 2011. Wow. Uh, and, and so that's interesting. Opening day and beyond. Uh, the Red Sox, I think, are going to be very good. I'm a little worried about their bullpen because Thornburg and uh, and Carson Smith aren't opening the season. Um, but they've got they've got talent. The you know losing David Ortiz is going to be is going to hurt. But also with him leaving is all the hoopla around him. So that's all gone. So they'll I think they're going to be fine. And as far as following me on social media. Uh, it's oh my! I can't even spell it myself. It's 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 uh, Twitter is uh, uh, M Scott Shea. That's Michael Scott with one T Shea S H A Y M Scott Shea. Uh, that's my uh, with the little at thing. I learned what that was, and um, and I encourage people to to read me three times a week in the uh, New Hampshire Union Leader. As well, everyone should. It's required reading. All right, Tim in Quincy, Mass. Give me a quick. Um, a quick summation and your social media. Well, opening day and moving forward, you know, early season baseball, there's a lot of games that in the end might turn out to be the one game that had your team won it, they'd make the playoffs, or had they lost it, they'd miss it. But early on, we tend to see these games as a little bit less meaningful. So I I think that when you're looking at them, you need to kind of focus in on the the storylines and the storylines early on one thing i would watch for is to see what chicago plays like at home under that wrigley field crowd because i always thought of wrigley field as america's eternal block party and now with the i I wonder if there will be a little tiny bit of a house money attitude with the cubs moving forward now that they've won at least early on in the season as old Cubs fans make their pilgrimage to see the trophy and the banner and ring day and all the, all the stuff you get for, for being that team. And the other storyline I'd look at is if Chris Sale doesn't start off as a Cy Young candidate, you're going to hear it. And he's never played in a market where he's had to hear it. That would be interesting as well. And you can follow me on Twitter at Tim writes sports. Okay. Joseph Henderson. You're up. Well, uh, I'm up. Good. Uh, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at J Henderson Tampa, T-A-M-P-A. And um, there are things going on uh, this week other than the opening of baseball season. I know that's hard for some folks to believe. But uh, there's this little thing called the men's final four. Uh, I would say the, the women's final four, but that's just really the UConn Invitational. So uh, I'm going to go with um, watching a lot of basketball as well this weekend. And this is the first time, I think, since I've been participating in brackets, which goes back a long way, 
that none of my final four teams made it. So trust not what I'm about to tell you, but uh, at this point, why not Gonzaga? Why not? And, why not? Um, yes. So I haven't been right yet. I don't see why I should be right now, but I don't care. It's still a lot of fun, and I'll be watching. Mr. Kaufman, you close it out, buddy. All right. You can get me on Twitter, at uh, iKaufman76. Uh, all is right in, in the baseball world. Barry Bonds is back with, with my San Francisco Giants. I believe he's part of the training uh, staff. He's uh, dealing with pharmaceuticals, and uh, he'll, he'll, help, he'll help giant players uh, stay fresh for the season. And as far as or the final giant. four, I invite, ev- <laughs> I invite everybody to, to watch my Arizona Wildcats. Um, well, I thought, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mike. I, I got that one wrong. Uh, somehow they uh, fell asleep, and uh, they're gone. But uh, I want to I thank Mike Shalen for, uh, for joining us. Wait, uh, guys, wait, 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 wait just a darn second here. Ira, you got a sponsor for your Twitter page? Um, Ed Morse Cadillac, gentlemen. Oh, my Ed Morse goodness. Cadillac. That is really over the top, man. That's, that's something. I mean, do you drive I've a company car? I've got shirts car? and I've got hats. But as Jim Williams points out, I, I ain't got the Cadillac. So uh, we got some work to do. Right. We got we to get him a better agent is what we got to do there. A better um, agent? I mean, he's got a commercial. I'm looking at a Cadillac insignia right here. I mean, it's, 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 it's really, uh, oh, man, I'm very impressed. Well, that brings to a close yet another edition of the Sunshine Boys podcast. And remember, you can get the Sunshine Boys podcast. All you got to do is go to the Google Play Store, to iTunes, and obviously right here on Blog Talk Radio. Just sign up and it'll come right to your wonderful email box. Not a problem. Anyway, for the Sunshine Boys themselves, that of course would be Ira Kaufman, who joined us today from Phoenix, Arizona, where he was covering the NFL owners meeting for joe henderson who's in beautiful downtown brandon holding down the fort for tim williams who uh, joins us from quincy massachusetts and our very special guest mike shalen who is up in boston he writes of course for the new hampshire union leader and for the sports exchange so we thank them all for joining us i'm jim williams your host have a wonderful week and we'll see you next time right here on the sunshine boys podcast (laughs) 